This is Mallory Irvin, and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Welcome back to the Living Fully Podcast. I am so excited to be back, and I appreciate all of your patience with this little break that we took. Wow, life. Life just goes up and down and all around sometimes, and I just really appreciate you guys hanging in there with us while we took this break, and more to come on the things that we've learned from what's happened in our family and during this break, but that's another podcast. So. Today, I, I know I say this a lot, but I am so grateful and so excited to have one of the most influential people in my own life on the podcast today, and that's Gabby Bernstein. And before I give her official intro, I just have to say she has influenced me and guided me in my life in so many deep and lasting ways that this is truly talking to one of my heroes and one of the people that I know is going to just bless and guide everybody that's listening to this podcast today. Without further ado, I'm just going to give you a little bit of Gabby's personal background, just in case you guys have not heard of Gabby. I'm sure that you have, but Gabby has been on a spiritual path most of her life. It started with her sitting by her mother's side, meditating in ashrams in upstate New York. She then turned to spirituality on and off. Through her teens and early 20s, she kind of dabbled in it until her darkest hour. And it was spirituality that saved her in October of 2005 when she hit rock bottom and got sober. So the day that she chose sobriety was the day that she became a spirit junkie, which is the title of one of her books too. She started soaking up spiritual principles, meditation practices, and anything else that would help her get aligned with her true purpose and to be a source of love and inspiration to the world. So once she decided I'm going to be a source of love and inspiration to the world, then happens all of this. Now she's presented lectures at Google, TEDx Women, Oprah Super Soul Sessions, L'Oreal Philosophy, The Huffington Post, and more. She is a number one New York Times bestselling author of six books, and her seventh book is out now. It's called Super Attractor. We're going to talk a lot about that today. She's been named in the 11 top must follow Twitter accounts for inspiration. New York Times named her a new role model. Forbes has included her in the 20 best branded women. I mean, the lists go on and on of all of the accolades that Gabby has because she's just influenced literally every corner of the world. And I'm super grateful to bring you Gabby Bernstein today. Her mission is to help you crack open to a spiritual relationship of your own understanding so that you can live in alignment with your true purpose too. So without further ado, Gabby Bernstein. I'm just so grateful and so excited to have you on today, Gabby. So thank you. Right back at you. You're one of those Instagram feeds that I get excited. Like there's something in my brain that lights up when I see you get on. Oh, I'm like, oh, oh good, because you just make me feel so good. And you're just so sweet and your energy and your light and it just comes through. And most importantly, baby, your authenticity. Oh, that means the world. That means yeah. the world coming from you. Probably why we 
each other from afar. And now mm-hmm. much closer than before. <laughs> yes, now much closer than before. I'm just super excited to jump in. And those words, I will I'll hold those all day mm-hmm. long. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Gabby has written seven books. This is your seventh book. I, I can't imagine writing seven books. I'm in the middle of number one. And the book writing process, wow, I can't believe you've done it seven times. Actually, I did eight. I just, I just accepted the final edits on my eighth book. Can you believe wow. that? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Eight. That's, eight. yeah, that's really oh, that's something. Kind of, that's not out quite yet, but yes, eight. Oh, I'm excited about that one. I don't even know what it's about, but I'm excited about it. So the first book of yours that I just fell in love with was The Universe Has Your Back. And I listened to a lot of the books, like on Audible, and I played it over and over and over and over. I would listen to it on the treadmill and when I was in a sweat pod and when I was pushing a baby on a swing. It's just, it's one of those books that really just made a huge impact in my life. We're going to talk a lot about Super Attractor because that's the book that's currently out today, but I wanted to start with that because when I'm interviewing someone that I'm a huge fan of and have followed for a long time, I like to, you know, ask about the things that really made a difference in my life. So fear. Well, here we are in the midst of a worldwide pandemic and fear is something that a lot of people are talking about and trying to make it through. And the whole concept of the universe has your back is about transforming fear into faith. And I love, you know, the five steps to spiritual surrender and just everything around that concept. So if we can start out talking about that, because I just feel like it's really appropriate because it's really hard to surrender our desires and our control and our plans because Mm -hmm. we think we know what's best. So I'm just going to kind of let you take the lead on that because you speak so beautifully into that subject and talk to us a little bit about that, about fear and transforming that into faith. Of all of my books, I think The Universe Has Your Back is the most relevant right now because the whole book is about really accepting our obstacles as opportunities, our fear in a faithful perspective, choosing to see through the lens of love, even when things aren't working out the way we planned. So the reason I believe that book is so resonant right now is because people are really in a situation where their control mechanisms are no longer working. So let me unpack this a little. So we all have different ways of being in control, whether it's through work or through the way we eat or through drugs and alcohol or through overly exercising. But right now, all that control and a lot of those mechanisms have been taken from us. Yeah. So with that, we're left with us. (laughs) We're left with ourselves. Mm -hmm. But truly what we're left with is the opportunity to get closer to a spiritual connection of our own understanding. So if you're on a spiritual path of any kind, or even if you're just sitting at home thinking there has to be a better way, then that's enough. If you're listening to the podcast, but you don't identify as spiritual, that's enough. To decide that there is a different perspective you could choose. And throughout that book, The Universe Has Your Back, there's, there's lessons and practices on just truly surrendering, surrendering your will, surrendering your fear, and surrendering your, your outcomes to the care of a faith in a spiritual connection. And it's a book on faith. It's a book on strengthening a faith of your own understanding. And I believe that's what we need right now most because if we try to control, 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 
then we're actually just going to create more chaos. Whereas if we get into the practice of truly surrendering, offering up, recognizing that there is an order of love beyond our own that can restore situations, give us intuitive ideas, open us up to, to practices or principles that will help us feel safer, that we can be guided. When we start to accept that in whatever form that comes for us uniquely, that's when we can start to move through discomfort and difficult situations with a great sense of certainty, no matter what. Yeah. And that's a muscle. Faith is a muscle that has to be developed. It's not something that just just shows up. Like the five steps of spiritual surrender. I try to put those in practice in my own life and taking your hands off the wheel, especially in terms with things that are really important to you, like your children or your life's work. I mean, it's it's really, really hard. And I like it that you just called it a muscle because I constantly am thinking like, why am I not good at this yet? Because <laughs> I keep doing it. <laughs> I keep practicing it, but it's hard. You know, truly it's a lot harder to live in fear, but fear is a stronger muscle. Mm. So that's why it seems hard to, to surrender to faith. Yeah. We think we've used fear as a way of staying in control. We've used our fear as a way of feeling alive sometimes. Fear is what we were taught. Fear is what we are fed. Fear is what we just can't avoid. So we have to do it's it's just like, you know, being at a buffet and all you see is chocolate cake and 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 the gym's on the other side of the room and you're like, fuck that. I don't want to go to the gym. (laughs) That's what the fear that's what fear is to as it relates to faith. And so when we really want to you said it perfectly just now, which is I keep practicing, I keep practicing, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. So that's the first step. Like take your hands off the wheel and surrender through prayer. I pray all the time in so many different ways, but it's just kind of that prayer of like, it's the that, that will be done prayer. That's so hard to say. So that's step one. And then you say step two is appreciate what's thriving in your life because it's so funny. It's like, we know that focusing on the good in our life will make us feel better, but we just can, I continue to, to worry about the things that I want to change or that I'm my goals, you know, what I'm striving for. So that's a tough one too. What I really love is number three. Viewing. Wait, let's go back to focus on thriving for one second. I'll okay. Okay. I'm excited now, about that. Right now, when we're living in, in the midst of a crisis, a real crisis, and people are having lots of different opinions on how we should be dealing with it and all the different things that are happening in the world and the fear and the discomfort and the loss, it's very easy to get caught in those stories and r- really lose complete sight of what is thriving in these moments. Mm-hmm. So what is thriving? For you and I, I think we can both say we're bonding with our children more than we would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. What is thriving that we're creating connections like this because we have more space or or more yeah. or greater attention to serve? What is thriving is this coming of all these people coming together, connecting to be in the service of others. So, you know, I've been never been more grateful in my life than I have been through this coronavirus. So wow. the time to be really in that step two, focus on what's thriving. I love that. And I think it was the, the super soul sessions that I was, I used to listen to your super soul sessions a lot. Like I love all the super soul sessions and what a moment. Like I, I love it how in super tractor you talk about how you were pulling up to, maybe it was the super soul sessions and it was your first like Oprah experience and her SUV pulls up 
and your SUV pulls up and you talked about how you were in the right headspace. So you could meet Oprah for the first time as her, I forget how you say it in the book, not as, as her equal. I forget what the word that you use, but that's a really a cool story. And one that I remember this morning, cause I've loved you for so long. And I was like, I could go in a million different directions with this interview, but I know everything that you preach and I practiced that today and I, I let it go to the universe and let myself be guided. Yeah, it's about not seeing someone as separate, right? So mm-hmm. when we are connected to that spiritual connection, when we have, we'll go back to the steps, right? Take your hands off the wheel through prayer and you're focusing on what's thriving, then you don't feel separate. You don't feel alone. You don't feel less than. Yeah. There's a lot of practices to be in that space. Totally. Yeah. So the third step is, and I think this is probably the toughest step and I want to read it. It's recognizing that obstacles are detours in the right direction. Because when you're in the middle of that obstacle, it feels everything but that. So I remember a long time ago, I I heard, you know, when you're in the middle of, you know, this really hard time, say, thank you. Say, thank you for this, you know, pushing me in the right direction. That was the hardest prayer I ever prayed. But I I love that because in my own life, I can see how these obstacles did point me into the direction that I'm in now. But it's really hard to remember in the midst of those. So can you speak a little bit to that one? Because a lot of people are in the middle of that right now. Definitely. And I think that it's easier to say this when it's, no, I think any, any obstacle, no matter what it is, can feel like you can't get through it many, many times, right? So, but obviously some are much greater than others, like, like loss or, 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 or things that, that we just feel are completely out of our control. But we have to look for the next right action in those obstacles where we could invite that spiritual connection again in to be open to receiving the guidance and to listening to our intuition to lead us to, well, what is the next step from this obstacle? And how am I going to show up for my life one day at a time, leaning towards perceiving this obstacle as an opportunity rather than a sentence, right? Because we can get through things with much more grace, but not only that, but we can look back and say, thank you. Mm. I love what you said. Say thank you in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Thank you for revealing to me what I need to know. Thank you for revealing to me the greatness that is waiting, but I just thought it was something else. Mm -hmm. Right. So often we think that the things that we need are the things that we should be fighting for when ultimately there's a better plan. And there's a beautiful passage from A Course in Miracles I'd like to share, which is the secret to prayer is to forget what you think you need. Mm. And that's when we let go and really, really say, show me what you got. Show me what you got. And that's so hard. It's so, it's so hard. So, sometimes when I say that prayer, I say it like kind of mad. I say it like, thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to say thank you in a tone of voice that's not really thankful. But I, And I like what you were just saying about how it's just what is the next right step? Sometimes you don't have to figure it all out, but what is the next step out of that obstacle? I love that. And it kind of leads me to number four, which is the ask for a sign. Since I was a child, I've always asked for signs. In my family, people ask for signs. And, and I just, it's always been something. And I would ask for the, the most random things and they would always appear. And my spirit guide is, is Mary, and I always would ask for specific signs from Mary. And always, I'm so grateful that that's always been a part of my life. So a lot of times I'll talk about that, like, like you do in your own life. And people are like, 
I never get, I never get those, you know, I never, I never get those, but you talk about that and you speak to those people that are the people say that say like, what, you know, it, it can seem so hocus pocus, but man, is it a real thing? And it's something that can just be such a powerful tool. So can you speak to that, to the people like me that, that get it with the signs, but especially to the people that, that don't maybe have never seen a sign. Well, you know, what, it, what the concept of asking the universe or God or spirit or Mary for a sign is that we start to develop a relationship with the spiritual presence beyond our physical sight. So for you, you connect to Mary. Somebody else might connect to a God that they believe in. God, some people may say, I believe in the universe, which is an energy force. Or some people may say, I believe in Jesus or, or grandma or, or a spirit guide. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Just be open to receiving a spiritual guidance of a form that you believe in. Mm-hmm. So once you start to establish that kind of faith that, okay, let me be open to the fact that there may be a spiritual guidance beyond me guiding me and supporting me, that's when you start to communicate with, we'll just call it the universe for right now. Let's just say we're communicating with the universe or communicating with a spirit guide. And you'd say, thank you. Thank you for for showing me the sign of, uh, in my case, signs of lilies or signs of owls or turkeys. signs of cardinals, <laughs> turkeys. And I've always asked for specific signs. Thank you for showing me the sign that I'm on the right path or that the baby is coming or you know whatever it may be that you're longing to, to know. And when you get those signs, man, it's such a relief. And when you don't get those signs, it's a relief too, because it's an answer. You're not getting your sign is a message too. So, and when you're clear about the sign that you want to get, oh, strap on your seatbelt, you're going to get a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah. I love what you just said too, because sometimes I'll ask for a sign because this is the me in my head thinking, I I know what I want. So I'll ask for the sign, but that's the answer because then I keep asking and I still don't get it. There's your answer. So it's accepting that as the right direction, I guess, which is hard. Sign is a sign too. Exactly. (laughs) And then step number five is once you've surrendered, surrender again. I love that. Speak to that one also. That's a, I love that. Surrendered, surrender more is this chapter in Super Attract, and Universe Has Your Back, I always mix up my books, that is just such an important, it's a step in this step. It's a chapter as well, because it's such an important message, which, you know, we think, okay, I've got this. I've, I've, I've been, you know, giving it over. I'm, I, I feel relief. I feel good now. I got my sign all is well surrender more because when we get to that place of feeling so good, often what happens is we just get lazy, right? So we stop meditating, we stop connecting, we stop praying, we stop thinking with the thoughts of love. And so we want to, when you think you've surrendered, surrender more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, it's almost like, okay, good. I'm good to go. So I can stop doing my part, but yeah, I love it that that's part of the five steps to spiritual surrender. Okay. So I love how you always talk about your journey to your next book and your next book and your next book and your next book. Cause it's not like you started out to be an author and you started, you had this amazing life that I've just talked about a little bit in the bio where, you know, you saw your mom meditating and you, you just have this really amazing journey to where you are now. But I know you didn't probably sit there Indian style thinking this is book number one, this is number two, this is number three, this is, you know, so you had this really cool journey from book to book to book. So here we are at Super Attractor. So how did you transition from the universe has your back to Super Attractor? Was this an aha type moment? Tell me a little bit about your journey into Super Attractor. Well, there's actually a book in between those two which is called Judgment Detox. Oh, and yeah, Judgment Detox. Sorry. Yeah, and 
It's funny. It's the one that people always admit that they never finish, but it's probably my most important book is Judgment Detox. Really? And when I ask audiences, like, you know, how many of you read it? And then how many of you finish it? Like 10% of them finish it. But the ones that finish it can all say, they stand up and they're like, this was a life-changing experience for me. So it's it's hard because it's work. You know, people are just like, I want to be a super attractor. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, but, but, but it is a very important book. So, you know, I think it'll have, it's going to, it's actually having a second coming right now during the coronavirus. People are all, my publishers are like, wow, this book's doing well right now. So it's important that, to, that we, that we focus on that at this time in particular. So the universe has your back really was the first step to super attractor. So I always say, I kind of wrote even in the introduction of Super Attractor, whether you've read The Universe Has Your Back or not doesn't matter, but it really is like the next step, mm-hmm. the next step. Because The Universe Has Your Back was all about transforming your fear to your faith and really reclaiming your spiritual connection. And Super Attractor is about using that connection to really claim what it is that you are here to be what it is that you are here to attract into your life and being unapologetic about that attracting power. So they work beautifully together. It doesn't matter what order you read them in, but if you, if you were just starting out and saying, what should I do? I'd say read The Universe Has Your Back and then read Super Attractor. Okay. It differently. And you know what? I, I'm trying to remember if I finished. I loved Judgment Detox, but you're so right. Like We don't want to do the work because it's a hard one. No one finishes it. <laughs> well, now that I've talked to you, this is this was my. I need to finish it. Okay, maybe this is the work that I need to do. You're guiding me in that direction. <laughs> so, for people that are like, what is a? What are they talking about? What is a super attractor? Can you describe like what it means to be a super attractor? So, a super attractor is someone who believes that what they know to be true within themselves, what they believe, they will receive. So when we really reprogram our belief systems, our thought systems, and our energy system, we become a super attractor. We just simply need to be in the alignment with the beliefs and and thoughts of love, connection to the universe, aligned with a voice of a higher power, not the voice of fear. When we get into that space of alignment, then we start to attract what we desire into our life effortlessly, with certainty, with ease. And then when things go wrong, we say, oh, this is just a detour in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we, we really live in a place of faith and knowing. And, and listen, of course, that we're going to get taken out. Even super attractors get taken out. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. But that your comeback rate is fast, that no matter how quickly you get taken out, you come back just as quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not about being the perfect spiritual person and always knowing everything is all as well, but it's about believing that even when it feels off. That makes sense. And, and the comeback rate is, is quick. So your energy, so you have this good energy again. Because I, I can remember there's this line in the book, it's Abraham Hicks, where you say, he says, the emotions you feel become the energy you emit. So I guess that's why it's really important. You get back into that good feeling energy. And you say your energy is important because that becomes your point of attraction. So, you know, I think that's thrown around a lot and it's thrown around a lot, like on social media, everybody's like, you know, raise your energy levels because, you know, that helps you to bring in all this good into your life. But I love it because in this book, you get really specific about how you do that because I feel like the middle piece and the piece that you address in this book, that's the piece that's missing because you talk about the emotional scale. That's one of the tools that that I feel like I really took from this book. So can you talk a little bit about like the emotional scale? Because it's really important to be in kind of the right place on the emotional scale. 
and how, you know, when we're emitting that negative energy, how we're attracting the people, the situations, the experiences, we're attracting all of that to us, all of that negative to us. And I get asked a lot about that because especially like with something really bad that happens, people are like, I didn't attract that into my life. And so I really did want to talk about that today. And so can you speak a little bit to that? Let's first actually start with this method in the book that's called the choose again method, because I think it's important to start there because it gives the, the listener or the reader the power to accept that you can choose a different perspective in any moment. So while something difficult might have happened in your life, in that moment you can choose to perceive it differently. Mm-hmm. And the choose again method is, is, is different than some law of attraction practices because it does ask you to look at the ways that you're focusing on the negative. So step one is what is my negative thought and, and how does it make me feel? So what's the thought that we have on repeat, right? So, you know, it's, I'm in lockdown, I can't get out, I don't have money, all the stories that we're telling ourselves, mm-hmm. whatever, the people that are out there having a lot of struggles, the people that are not having struggles, but seeking struggles, making up struggles anyway, because mm-hmm. we always are in these stories that really contribute to our suffering. So true. What are the stories? What's the story that we have on repeat over and over and over again? And then how does it make us feel? So that's the first step. The second step is to forgive yourself for having that thought. Now, this is a profound, profound message. And I suggest it because when we forgive ourselves for having the thought, what happens is is we recognize and identify that that thought isn't me. That thought isn't my story. It's just a thought. Mm -hmm. And that separates us from the thought. It's big. It's really big. It, It really is. Yeah. You can see it as not who you are. And the third step is the fun part, which is starting to choose again. So that's when we reach for the next best feeling thought and the next best feeling thought and the next best feeling thought. So if you're someone who's like, you know, I have chronic pain, I have chronic pain, you know, forgive yourself for saying, for repeating that story over and over again. And the next best feeling thought could be, well, I was just introduced to this psychological method that really helps me and my meditations have been really helping me and I've been also really moving my body more and that's been really helping my body and I have faith because I've seen so many other people heal themselves from chronic pain. And so you just reach and reach and reach. Mm -hmm that next best feeling thought. Reach and reach and reach. I I love that too, because the law of attraction to me sometimes seems like a steamroller, like going forward, you got to kind of ignore the negative thought. And I love how you honor that. And you use that as a tool to move you forward, to choose again, to reach and reach and reach. I think the right way to say it is honor it. That was a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. Honor the thought, you know, honor the And then the emotional guidance scale is one of the Abraham Hicks methods, which is excellent, which is, again, sort of reaching up again, but in emotional ways. So it's not that you can go from despair to joy overnight, Mm -hmm. but if you're in despair and you go to jealousy, you're actually in a better vibration than you were when you were in despair, right? Wow, yeah. Boredom, that's better than jealousy. And so it's reaching up the scale. And I, I, I list the scale of the book. It's a beautiful practice of recognizing that even moving out of one emotion into another one actually often is a leap to the better vibration. Yeah. I remember that part of the book and that was one of the parts where I just kept writing and writing and writing and going back to, and it's really powerful. And, you know, I grew up in a household for good or bad. It turned me into who I am where negative thoughts and negative emotions were something that like, you just don't have. It's that whole, like too blessed to be stressed, like all that mess that you just hear all the time. And it's, it's just not the reality. And I'm so happy that our culture seems to have shifted a little bit into 
that's what's going on and that's the reality and let's honor those things and let's use them as tools. And I just love you. You are the number one most beautiful speaker to that for me. So, you know, I I want to move into this because this was a really powerful story. And one of yours that I, I shared a lot, one that you talk about a lot is because here you are, you've, you've got a lot of it figured out and you are a person who really has a grasp on how to power your ship. I feel like, you know, you've just, you really have a lot of it figured out. And then you talk about how you're in the midst of writing your sixth book. What was the universe has your back? The universe has your back was book number six. That was actually my fifth book. Fifth book. Okay. I can get my order. Correct. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're in the midst of writing this book and you decided in January, okay, this is the, I'm going to get pregnant. Now I'm ready to have a baby universe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get pregnant in February. I'm clearing my schedule. Here is, here is my year's plan. And you, you set it on stage and you told your people and you literally cleared your life for that, for your plan. So talk to me a little bit about that because you talk a lot about how that didn't happen for that year and the lessons that you learned from that unanswered prayer, that, that plan that you had that plan and you know all about having the plans and giving the plans up and still you did it. <laughs> so fun about the two books, The Universe Has Your Back and Super Attractor is that th- that Super Attractor tells the next part of the story mm-hmm. and The Universe Has Your Back, I finish the story and it's, and it's, you know, I want to conceive, but I, but I hadn't. Right. And it was really about surrendering even when I couldn't see it yet. Mm-hmm. And when I began writing super attractor and I talk a lot in the universe has your back about how you have to surrender to your desire, surrender your desires, even when you can't see the desired outcome and you don't even know when it could possibly mm-hmm. come into form. Yeah. The cool thing about what happened when I wrote Super Attractor was that I started writing Super Attractor the month that I knew that I had conceived my son. Wow. And in Super Attractor, I tell a story about what it means to really let the universe catch up with your dreams and and just witnessing again those signs of how the universe is supporting you every step of the way. And and so I, I think it's fun for the reader to say, oh wow, she you know, she got her baby. That's the <laughs> But I think what was most important in in the universe has your back was that I didn't at that time because it gave the reader this sense of, all right, you know, I, I, I believe her because even though she doesn't have that thing that she wants so badly, she still has this faith Mm -hmm. and it's that faith that leads us. And it's that faith that opens us up to receive. And my, my son came at the exact perfect time. I could look back now and I can say so clearly that obstacle was the detour in the most right direction, the absolute most right direction. But I should tell the story about what happened, you know, right before I conceived my son, because once I kind of kicked that drama of, of you know, oh, I, I, I can't have a baby and all the sadness of what that meant to me, I started really living those five steps to spiritual surrender that I spoke about in the universe has your back. Mm-hmm. Living, 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 living those steps, just thriving in those steps. And so as, as soon as I started thriving in those steps, I started feeling better. I started feeling more relaxed. And one afternoon I was driving in the countryside where I live most of the time. And it was in the fall and there's all this foliage and it's just beautiful, like orange and red and yellow. It's be, like epic foliage in this community. 
and I'm driving and I'm listening to mantra music and I'm just like feeling so grateful and you know focusing on what's thriving, right? Mm-hmm. And feeling so grateful to live in this community and grateful to have the friends that I have and grateful that I feel so good and that there's this gorgeous foliage outside and the mantra music and I'm chanting. And all of a sudden I started to feel the presence of a baby in the back seat. Wow. And it was just like, whoa. And it was such a strong knowing. And then I heard my intuition speak to me and say, the baby is coming in March. And so it was such a loud message. And sometimes spirit speaks to you in ways that are just so over the top loud. And I said, okay, I got you. I got you. And I started getting a little heady about it again. And I was like, okay, if it's March, (laughs) this time, you know, it's just getting so stupid. And so I heard myself doing that. And I said, Gabby, stop that. Give it over again. So I said, show me a lily in any form if this is true, if the baby is coming in March. And then a week later, I get this letter in the mail from a reader of mine, and he sends me this card. And on the card was an image of Archangel Gabriel. And Archangel Gabriel is typically depicted holding lilies. Mm-hmm. And in this case, he was. And, and he said, I don't know why, but I felt that you needed this. That was the card that was sent to me. And I said, okay, there are my lilies. And so then March rolls around, and it's early March, and I wasn't pregnant. I got my period and I wasn't pregnant. And I just, I just went into my husband's office and I just started crying and crying. And I was just like, what is going on? The universe was to have my back. I heard March. I don't know why I'm not having this baby and what's going on. I just was hysterically crying. And my phone was on the table. All of a sudden, it was like locked and shut down, right? All of a sudden, my phone starts playing a song. And so I go to look at it to turn it off. So I'm like, what is going on here? This is so weird. But I start listening to the lyrics. And the lyrics are, way go lily, way go lily. And the song title is way go lily. But the album, this is the best part, is that the album title is I Saw the Sign. (laughs) So here I am in the universe, it's like, I have that song in my Spotify, didn't have my phone on at all. Like there's you know, this is how spirit works, just speaking through technology and people and whatever form it's going to come. And so then I just really laughed and surrendered and said, okay, universe, show me what to do. Show me what to, what's up. Show me, show me, show me. And I let go. And about three weeks later, it was April, early April, I found out that I was pregnant. Mm. And I did the math and it turned out that I conceived my son in the last day of March. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, what a story. And I know what? that's so meaningful to people that you know knew the other story too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, oh good, that spiritual surrender does work, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, and it's just like you were just talking about, you know, it's 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 the whole like surrendering when you can't see the end. That's really, really hard. That's hard. And then I think, and, and it's something that like, I, I have to talk to you about this today because it's such a big open question in, in my life and in, in our family's lives. And I talked to you a little bit like off the podcast about it. And you said, I'm bringing up because a lot of the, the podcast listeners, they, they know like my family's journey and what happened with my sister. Her name is Jade. Jade, like you, was very open about like her journey to get this baby. It was just it was a really a long road. She had, you know, the failed IUIs. And then she was, it was literally the month that she was getting ready to start IVF. And she had this overwhelming, all of these signs, this overwhelming 
call not to do this, to have faith. She gets pregnant naturally that month, literally like the week before she was about to start. So it's like, okay, wow, universe, this is it. Like, this is my baby. This is my answer. Like, thank you so much. You think like you're, you're living in the, in the answer from the universe. And then at week 20 with, you know, all the scans and, you know, like I know, like all of those scans that happen at week 20, the OB comes in her office and says, there's something we got to talk about. Like this baby has a heart defect, but it's going to be okay. Like, you know, this happens and, and here's what's going to happen. So then they transfer her to the, to the other hospital and then goes the pediatric, you know, cardiologists and all of this. And the whole time it's like, of course we're going to be okay because like this was the miracle baby that we were sent. So it's just going to be, it's going to test our faith and it's, and we're going to show God that we believe. And, you know, fast forward to the end of the story and this beautiful baby, his name is, his name was Blaze. And after St. Blaze, who, you know, so much in that, because now I feel like he's just this light in our life. And Blaze was born on March 19th and he lived five weeks. And in that five weeks, he had all of these surgeries that were supposed to fix the problem. And each surgery and like each, we just knew he was going to be okay. And like, I can still remember this everybody gets different lessons out of what happened and not to say like his life was here to teach us a lesson, but I'm just, we're talking about how like, you know, the universe sends us certain things. I can remember like my sister standing on her steps and looking at me and I was like delivering him food. And at that point, we just never thought that he wouldn't make it. She looked at me and she said, Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Like, what if he didn't make it? I wouldn't survive. I can remember like hearing my sister say that and being like, well, of course he'll make it like, gosh, you know, And here we are standing, it's been, you know, six weeks or almost two months on the other side of it. And she did survive. And, but now it's like digging, all she wants is a baby. All she wants is like that baby. And I I think this has shifted her and altered her life in such a huge way. It's turned her into a different person in so many beautiful ways, but it still doesn't make sense to us now. But I think we're in that moment that you're talking about where, We don't see the end of it yet. We don't see the next baby. Like we just see that precious baby that like, why did his, why did he not get to live life on earth? It just doesn't make any sense. But you talk a lot about that, about like the obstacles and we're in the middle of the obstacle, but we still have faith. We've been through everything, the disbelief and the anger. And now we're just, we're, we're full of faith, but we can't see the end. So I just wanted to talk to you about that today because you, you've talked about so many things around that. So I just want to bring that up today. And I know it's a hard subject to talk about, but. You know, for me, there's no hard subjects. I've had this. First of all, I just want to express to you my compassion and love for your loss, because this is, this is a baby in your life too. Thank you. And I, I look forward to speaking to Jade on the phone and having a connection. So sweet. Unfortunately, I've seen some friends through this same issue and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And, and in many cases, I think that the thing I would have said to my friends who've gone through this specific situation and something that I would say to anybody who, who, who's gone through a loss that's this incredibly significant, so significant, is to really accept that it's okay to, to fall apart mm-hmm. because we don't want to bypass, we don't want to spiritually bypass the feelings that are true. Because if we do, what will happen ultimately is we can become immobilized. We will suffer from PTSD. Mm-hmm. 
it's heavy lifting to go to the fearful places and discomfort of what's real. But it's the greatest gift we can give ourselves if we are ready to truly move through it. So the thing that I want to say though is ready. The word is ready is the operative word. Because right now in this moment, for you and your family and for Jade, it may just be like, no, 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 we just got to stay in faith. We can't, we know, we just got to keep praying. We got to keep doing it. Like we get this is all right now. But when she's ready, when she's ready, when she feels safe enough and grounded enough to allow her the space to really give herself permission to feel the truthful feelings that have come through. Because so much of our, our spiritual practice is also a practice of, of being a human and really living this, the, the suffering of what it means to be human. Yeah. And it sucks sometimes. Mm. Really, really sucks. And so sometimes we have to accept that the suffering that's given to us can't just disappear. We have to really face it with the right guidance. So yeah. I'd pray her to just be in the inquiry of what is the best guidance for her at this time to help her and you and the family move through this experience with grace. Yeah. And then also knowing that that baby Blaze is still with you always. Mm. He is going to be working through all of you forever. And he's going to show up in really meaningful ways. And that he's good. He came in. He wanted to come in for a little moment. He didn't want to stick around. He, I'm so glad you said that. You know, it's 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 big, and and I really mean that. There's a book called Spirit Babies that I really want her to read and for you to read. It's the okay. most important, impactful book. That book helped me so much, and it's very valuable for somebody that's going through something like this. Yeah, I love it that you just said that because that's the part that kind of I think makes her sad, but it makes me sad too. Just. I have two sons and like we see them in all of these phases that he'll never get to experience. And it makes us feel so sad for him and makes us just feel like, gosh, I just, she kept saying that over and over. She just kept saying, I just feel so bad for him. But you saying that to me today, that's really, that really helps me. It's like that he's good, that he. Good. He's in the best place. Hmm. And he's now with you and her and the family in such a different way, in such a powerful way. And it's it's going to be it's going to be your opportunity to really recognize and, and experience that connection, yeah, and his guidance, yeah. But what I can say is, having spiritual faith is what will help you get through this. Mm-hmm. But to make sure that you also, when you're ready, and I want to make sure that's super clear, when you're ready, not sooner, but when you're ready and safe enough to fully experience those feelings through you completely, that is a necessary step. But it may not be today. It may be far too overwhelming for yeah. you and for her to yeah. consider or contemplate that today. So I wouldn't suggest it now. But when you notice she's ready or when you notice you're ready with, through therapy, through practices like EMDR, eye movement desensitization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done that. Mm-hmm. EMDR, somatic experiencing. There's different trauma healing modalities that will can really facilitate the full release of the trauma so that she doesn't carry that in her body and in her and in her psyche for for her, her life because she does yeah. she can't from that but it's it, it's too soon right now i would say just yeah. right now wherever well, she thank you whatever she can do to get through the day right now yeah yeah i think she's finding that and it's such a testament to like that you can you can make it through your your greatest and deepest fears and i feel like in my own life i make decisions every day because of these fears because of, oh my gosh, like, what if that happened? Like, I can't do that because what if then that happened? But I've seen somebody make it through. 
and on the other side in a lot of ways. I know there's still more work to be done, but thank you for speaking to that because I, I love it that you will talk about anything in the world, even the really tough things, because that is life. I have to talk about the tough stuff, you know. With me, there's no small talk. There's only big talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. There's only, there's only big talk. And, I, you know, I see, I love it how you too, you speak to that he can be your, he can almost, he can be your spirit guide. He can be the per- person that you talk to. I see him already showing up. It's so funny. I take pictures of my boys in the backyard. This never happened before, Gabby, ever. There are these light orbs around my children and all these pictures. Like I have to send them to you. It's just such a special thing. And I know that's him. 100%. I know it is. And it's just like, my sister's like, I'm jealous. He lives in your backyard because you know? mm-hmm. he's, he's always, it's like he's playing with them and it's really special. And I doubt myself sometimes like in the, I don't know if when you were writing your first book, I just, there's so many things I want to say. And I want to say them in, in the ways that I feel them in the ways that things made a difference in my life. And I get in my own head a lot about, I just start spinning. I start spinning with busyness and trying to put things and trying to control. And I feel him, I feel his presence of light, like in my process of, of writing this book. And I think he's going to be a really big part of what comes through and what ends up being what makes it to the page. And I I just need to keep letting him guide us because I feel, I feel it. But anyways, I was talking about that because you, you talk a lot about how you choose, you can choose a person that's deceased that you were close to or that you feel a connection to. It can be God, it can be, you know, any sort of higher power, but it's just about, you've, you've got, it's got to be something beyond yourself. And yeah, so we have spirit guides. We have spirit guides that can be angels, that can be blaze, they can be grandmothers. You know, my, my grandmother is one of my guides. And I know, I love your stories about her. So many good stories. It's Grammy, because I had a Grammy too. <laughs> this Grammy gave me some good content for this book. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of relationships beyond the physical. When we start to accept that, then the deceased family members that we once knew start to show up in just the most magnificent ways and the most yeah. meaningful. So, and it's a fun way to live. It's a fun way to live. Wow, I love that. There's a beautiful quote that I love. It's of course a miracles quote again. It's there is a way of living in the world that is not here, though it seems to be. You do not change appearance, but you smile more frequently. Your forehead is soft and your eyes are serene. Mm. And it's just wow. such a way to live. There's a way of living that isn't here, though it seems to be. Mm-hmm. So it's living in the world, but thinking with the thoughts of heaven. And it doesn't mean that you bypass or you spiritually bypass the experiences of the world. I don't believe. I don't think that that is. I, I believe in in really processing emotions here in this world at this time. I think that's part of a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. But spiritual practice is your co-pilot while you go through the journey of processing those emotions. Oh, I really love it that you said that because I think a, a lot of times we hear the message, especially in like traditional church settings, it's like this blind faith. And I, I've never believed in blind faith. I, I, it's processing those emotions and like having those, those times and because life is hard and, and sometimes it does suck, but man, is it beautiful mm. at the same time? Like, but I, I love it how you just said that because thinking the thoughts of heaven while you're here on earth, how, how what a beautiful way to live. It's a very different way to live. Yeah. And, and I, I want to kind of like wrap up the podcast talking because it's led me to this question because you talk a lot about this. And I think on Instagram today, like you were showing your desk or something, I was watching and you, you had the card of the, the kind of do less attract more. That's like in your deck of cards, like one of the cards that I have that I love and the just the whole idea of you, you talk about, I think in one of the books, I can't remember which book I, like I said, I've just read all the 
all the Gabby things that there are to read in the world, how you were talking to your team and you kept saying, we're so busy. We've got all this work to do. We're so busy. And you realize you're like, oh, wait, I do that. That's my, that's, that's a real big struggle in my life mm-hmm. is yeah. the busyness thing. Pusher, pusher, pusher. I think that was definitely in Super Attractor. I'm pretty sure that story was in Super Attractor. Yeah. It's, when we're doing, 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 trying to push, 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 which is where a lot of people are right now, because when you've been put into quarantine, you're like, well, who am I now? What do I have to do? There's a lot of pushing and controlling. And in that push, 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 do, do, do situation, what happens to us is we actually, we start blocking our capacity to attract what we desire. And our attracting power is based on our receptivity, our alignment, our feeling good. But when we're doing, doing, doing and pushing, 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 we are feeling stressed. We're feeling frantic. We're feeling uncomfortable. Those feelings are perpetuated by more doing when the truth is, is we can do less and attract more. When I say do less, Mallory, that doesn't mean that you don't write the book. It doesn't mean that you don't do the podcast. It doesn't mean, it's just that you don't do the podcast and do 15 extra podcasts. And you don't, do you know what I mean? It's really relevant the things that are thriving so that you can, you can, and, and that the energy behind trusting that the energy behind the things you are doing is enough. Because that's the thing for me, I, I speak to myself in my own experience because that's here, here I am. This is the body that I live in, but I always want to do like 10 more steps. And even when something's going well, it's like, Oh, it's going well. Let's like, <laughs> let's just pull in a little bit extra. And I find myself in that state a lot. And I think as moms, in general, whoa, I mean, that is the busiest, craziest, most just experience that there is, I think. So I've really learned a lot of lessons. I love like reading about the lessons that you have learned because I'm sure inviting Oliver into your life has really changed things for you in your super attractor way of being. What have you learned, like being a mother, what have you learned that's kind of changed your point of view? In my pursuit of being a good mom, I don't want to say good mom, just a, a mom that gives my son a, a life where he is resilient and safe. I have been doing a lot of studying of what that could look like and what are the tools and modalities and practices that I can live by that will help him. And I feel that what I've learned most is about honoring people's emotions and feelings, not just my child, but myself, my husband, my coworkers, you know, the people that work for me that I, you know, work alongside my family members, being in a different state of awareness of how people feel and what their feelings mean to them. So I I love that because too, as a parent, you think, what do you need? What can I do for you? What what can I give you? But like honoring your own feelings, because sometimes at the end of it, we just feel super strung out and like, maybe like we're not doing a good job. I like it that you just said not a good mother, but a person that fosters this resilience. Because at the end of the day, for my own children, that's all that I want is then to be resilient. But it's kind of like what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. It's my own idea of like, what is resilience to you that I feel like I get in my own way. (laughs) Yeah. The best thing we can do for them and for ourselves is to honor their feelings and, and really respect their feelings. It's a, it's such a powerful practice. It's Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to end this. I never want, I actually never want this podcast to end (laughs) because I want to talk to you forever, but I want to end it. The whole podcast is called Living Fully. And I know while that may be like a broad term, it's still, it's the term that I choose and the term that I keep choosing because to live 
your life to the fullest. It means all, all the ups and downs of life and, and everything and all the different ways that we figure things out and we go through things and we choose, we choose to live, we choose our own life. So I always want to ask anybody that comes on here, like, what does living fully mean to you? So I want to end with that. It means something much more to me now than it did even a year ago. I only realized, well, let's see, actually, no, it was about a year ago. A little over a year ago, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety mm. and insomnia, and I was suicidal. And like I had said multiple times, I want to kill myself. And, and that, you know, that's where this can take you. It's a biochemical condition. But it was the biggest blessing in my life. Talk wow. about obstacles being an opportunity. Because what it did was it put me on a healing path that I wouldn't have been able to get on otherwise. And that healing path has helped me unearth and reorganize traumas from my childhood and, and deep-rooted pain, suffering, put me in like, you know, a master's degree of trauma recovery, literally just wow. living through it. And now I'm on the other side and I am living fully. I'm, li- I'm truly living fully, completely. I find myself, you know, le- walking outside and just smelling the air. And it sounds so cheesy, but I'm going to be real with you. Like smelling the grass. Like this is, like I was I love it. present for five seconds. I was like, you know, meditating my brains out just to feel presence in my meditation. But I was a woman who didn't, was undiagnosed and suffering from PTSD for 37 years, 30, wow. well, you know, 40 years. And so- I'm now in recovery from all that PTSD, and it was the it was the postpartum bottom that led me to my next level of healing, which was required for me to feel safe and to feel safe in my body and to feel safe in my life and to have a, not just a sense of spiritual faith, but a sense of just you know human faith. Like, okay, I am okay. I am a safe. I am safe in my world in my body, and. I got to say, like, I have never been more grateful for life. And I, I just cherish these moments. And, you know, today, like I used to be like, I, you know, I got a five minutes, I should get back to my desk. And today, like it was the afternoon, I'd worked pretty hard this morning and my son went down for his nap right before my call with you. And I was like, you know, I have 20 minutes. I'm just going to put on my pajama, sweat my pajama pants. I'm just going to like sit here and just breathe and I'm not going to run and go do anything. You know, it's just like, cause I'm living my life. I love it. (laughs) Man. Yeah, that was the best answer ever to that. And thanks for sharing your own journey. I can't say enough about what a God you are to me in my own life and just what a gift you are to anyone that opens literally like any book. It's, It's almost like the right books have come into my life of yours at the right times. And you came into my life at the right time. And this was really special. Thank you for doing this today. I hope you want to be my friend because I really oh, like Oh, heck. <laughs> yes, I want to be your friend. Are you kidding me? Man, I, I'm so grateful for today. And thank you so much. Thank you, my love. Thank you for all the light you bring to the world. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.